Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and as always, co-host and buddy TJ Terjax, you there? I'm here, love. How you doing? Oh man, how you doing today? Good. Well, I guess you're doing a lot of you lot a lot of good. You know, you got like a little you want a little bronze trophy? I think it's a little bronze. <laughs> for what? <laughs> for, for, for what, love? I don't know. You tell me what you're so happy for this week. Hey, I'm just uh, you know I'm just happy to be here in good health and everybody yeah. doing good. That's why I'm happy. Good health. Anything else that you might be happy for? I mean, I don't know. Um, you know Cowboys beat the Eagles twice? I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that goes without saying. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You're not bragging, though. I wonder why. What's wrong? You, you know, I, I just want that same James Loving that kept calling me when the Eagles were winning. <laughs> and, you know, that that's the James Loving I want to see. And here, okay, and and I I, I want to hear that. <laughs> well, you know what? A whole year, like you say, you own me, so I gotta hey, I gotta take it right. <laughs> yep, I had to take it last year. I think it's your turn. <laughs> well, we can start off with that game, Terry. Well, first, let's give our little thoughts and prayers out to the family of the, uh, the victim was shot and killed. You know. The chief player, you know, um, the young lady that was killed, you know, and, you know, and just my heart go out to the little, the little baby, you know, Terry. Yeah, I know it's, uh, you know, it's tragedy, and uh, they happen all the time um, in that profession. Um, so I see it more often than not. Some of them are publicized, and some of them aren't. But you know, we just can't uh, can't let them all go up without, you know, throwing some prayers around. I think we need to talk about it a little bit. It was kind of wondering, like, you know, uh, I talked to some other people about, you know, what would make a guy snap, you know, he can't use head injuries on this, you know. It's just unfortunate that a thing like that will make you take a life, you know, over, you know, we don't know the whole detail, jealousy or, you know, but isn't that kind of crazy there? Yeah, you know, it's kind of strange. I mean, being in the business, I see a lot of it um, in, in a lot of different scenarios. And, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of them are just unexplainable. There's, there's just things that happen that go through people's mind that, um, you know, that you just can't explain. Um, you don't know what's ever going through somebody's mind. If they're not wearing it on their sleeve or, or showing you. So it's just kind of hard to say. Uh, stranger things have happened. Um, this, again, uh, has to has to do with a, a professional athlete, somebody who um, is going to be very publicized. And, again, I mean, it's, it's a shame. I, I always go back to this with you, love, is that these guys, no matter what they're doing, uh, they're professionals, but they're just human. And, you know, human beings are human beings. It doesn't matter what you do, how much money you make, you know. Well, let's touch on that a little, Terry. I feel like I said, you know, we talked about it, and I kind of asked you, I said, Terry, you're not professional. What would you think? But do you think that all these players are under so much, you know, like uh, pressure and, 
You know, they want to be, people want them to be these role models, they got depression, they got to do right all the time. Like, they should never have problems, domestic problems, or any other problems. You think that's what they're thinking? Well, I'm sure that has something to do with it. You know, anytime you are a professional athlete, a professional anything, um, when you're on television for millions of people to see, you basically have to understand and come to the understanding that you're going to be living your life in a bubble. And I'm sure those kinds of things cross their mind. Uh, but it's no different, you know, than, than, say, my profession. I mean, there's certain things that, you, you know, the average person can go out and do, but there's certain things that you can't. And, you know, I'm sure there's pressures and stress and, you know, and, and youth has a lot to do with it as well. I mean, we forget that these guys are huge. They're, you know, from, you know, they're, they're big guys in, in, in stature, but they're still young men. And, you know, a lot of them haven't, um, haven't had the time to mature to be able to handle a lot of the, the stresses and things that are put on them. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying on that, but, you know, is, is it that serious to, you know, to, you know, when you just want to get out of the relationship or, you know, you know what I mean, Terrence? I mean, it's hard for us to say, you know, what could happen, whatever, but, you know, wouldn't that have been right. the best thing to do? And it's it's still difficult to know what what the situation even was. Um, I mean, it's been limited information about uh, what problems there were. Uh, at least I haven't been able to read up on anything um but you know to be that emotional to do what was done or what was alleged that he done i mean you know there's there's really no explanation i mean the only person that's going to know what was going through his mind is him um it's just difficult to you know difficult to say yeah like i say i mean just want to give our thoughts and prayers out to the family member you know that's the deal with this tragedy, you know. There's a lot of people that hurt behind this, you know. Yeah. But, you know, on the other side, you know what I'm saying, you know, like you said, let's get down to this um, business of, you know, what is up, you know. Every week we have to say, what's up with my ego? We keep talking, but everybody keeps saying, Michael Vick going to come out. One one thing is, I don't think he should. I mean, I think he's done. You know, what do you do? Well, unfortunately, he's at least done with Philadelphia. Uh, he had his starting stint um, there when they got rid of Donovan McNabb. And, I mean, he played well. I think he made the best of it. Uh, it's pretty unfortunate with the injury situation that has went down in Philadelphia that he didn't get a chance to, you know, to go farther and, and, and do better. But, um, I mean, he's an outstanding player. I don't know if he'll be back with the organization. Doesn't sound like it from the from the chatter, but uh, he'll be he'll still play football somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I think I think his time is done with the Eagles. I think they know it. I think he knows because there's no way you take three weeks to come back from concussion. You know what I'm saying, Terry? Yeah. Um, Go ahead. I think they're going to be in a rebuilding period. I think they're going to take a hard, long look at, at, at what they have. Uh, the production of a lot of the players this year, and, and see if they want to uh, continue on or go in a different uh, go in a different direction. I, I I'd hate to see them get rid of Andy Reid, but I mean, who knows what's going through Andy Reid's mind? He just lost his son this year. Uh, maybe he's maybe he wants to be done. I don't know. I I really like him. I think he's a caring coach. Um, I I really enjoy 
concern. Um, when, when players are hurt, he walks out there on the field uh, and, and talks to him. I really like him as a as a person and as a coach. So I, I hope he can continue on if, if that's what he chooses to do. Well, uh, and some of the reports saying that he's going to come back, and I think it's probably done with Billy. We got Glove on the line. You got Glove? Yes, I'm here. What's up, Glove? What's up, TJ? Uh, how you doing, Glove? Oh, uh, you know, 70 in San Diego, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had to get that, didn't we, Glove? Always, you know, I got to give you, you know, I got to let you guys know how beautiful San Diego is every time I talk to you guys, you know. Well, Glove, we were talking about, um, first we started off that little tragedy in Kansas City. Right. Just, you know, was me and Terry just kind of talk about what will make a person just, just snap like that, the pressure of football or you know, just being that role model. What's your thing on that? Well, you know what's crazy? You know, love, I was in St. Louis this past weekend at the Rams facility when the whole incident went down. And just all the news was coming out over, you know, the airwaves of, you know, the shooting and everything. And you know what? We can't say until we're confronted with the situation. You know, it's hard to speculate what went down. You know, you just feel sympathetic for the child. I mean, it's a you know a three month old child that doesn't have a mother nor a father. You know, so you know your heart goes out to that situation. But to speculate what was going on is is hard. I mean, he's twenty five. He's always been a fighter. You know, everybody say all positive things about him from college. How he always worked hard. His work ethic. You know how he was all gracious and thankful and all those things. You know, so you take all that into consideration. You know, that here it is, you was a walk-on, undrafted, you know, free agent, made the team, finally got the start. Now here it is, you started 10 games finally, or however many games they played up to date. And this is how you, you know, end your life and someone else's life. You know, it's tragic. Well, Glove, well, I mean, you know, what you were saying, Glove, well, is kind of, you know, but, you know, have you ever noticed when a tragedy like this happens, you always try to get this report like, okay, in college he had a domestic thing. You know what I'm saying? All these other reports start coming out about the person. Well, you know what's sad? We were, like I said, I was in St. Louis and we were talking around the Rams part. And, you know, I deal with guys that are on parole, getting out of prison, you know, trying to get their life back together. And, you know, drugs and things like that. But here's my thing. You know, and, and it's kind of a a real quick story. The Rams had their 75th anniversary, a bunch of the old guys from Jackie Youngblood, Eric Dickerson, um, Leroy. I mean, I can go through a list of names. You know, Vince Ferragamo, all those guys were there. They were genuine Jackie Slater. They're genuine friends. They all live around each other in Orange County. Now, when you look at the guys today, how many of these guys are genuine friends? These guys' kids grew up with each other. How many guys playing today's kids know each other? And I'm only saying that to say, you can't just tell me this guy got in this situation because his girlfriend was out late at night, came home late, they argued all night, he kills her, then drives, thanks to coach, and kills himself. There wasn't something leading up to this. There's nobody on that team or in that organization or in that locker room that's seen a sign or seen anything outside of them arguing. He called his mom to come in town to watch the kid because they're arguing. To me... There should have been some signs. You know, we're going to take a break here, and we'll come back, too. I want Terry to ask that, too. Like, 
So, you know, you guys are in that profession. Is there a sign like Glove there that they should have seen leading up to this? You know, somebody like Glove said, well, we're going to take a break. We'll come back and we'll continue this. This is James Lovey, TJ, and Eric Glove, 77, Glover? No, nah, baby, just 70. Just 70. 70. And in San Diego, we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Well, this is James Loving back to the show. I guess... uh... Well, I guess I'm going to get double team, you know, now. You asked Terry if I talked to him since the Eagles lost. But now he got his son, Terry Jr., calling in. You there, Terry? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Go ahead on what y'all want to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. I can take it. I just want everybody to know, all of America, that you are not a loyal Eagles fan. After we beat y'all, you told me Pittsburgh was your team. So, I want to know the truth. Who's your team, Love? My team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> so so what about you talking about that y'all is going to beat us on the show? 
Hey, you've been you've been, you've been, been talking all that another for the season. past ever since ever since the season started. You was talking all that with the Eagles. Hey, you can take. You can how how, you, think, how you think the Eagles fans feel about you now, love? Because <laughs> you're not yeah, loyal. I'm still, I'm still an Eagles fan. Till next year. <laughs> you're not a loyal fan, love. Hey, love, you been filling out applications? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that, Glunt? <laughs> no, that was TJ. Uh, all right. That's all I wanted to say. I just want all of America, everybody who listens to the show, <laughs> that you're not loyal. Um, <laughs> we beat you. I'm talking crap until until next season. Uh, we're gonna keep the streak going. We're gonna keep beating y'all. So, you know, and when we play Pittsburgh, we about to beat Pittsburgh too, anyway. So. We can get both of y'all's teams, or both of your teams, love. <laughs> we can get both of them. Thanks for calling, Terry Jr. Yep, no problem. <laughs> All right, D, I'll go right. take a call some more, D. <laughs> no, I'll talk to y'all later. Love, if that's any uh, indication of the trash talk that love has been doing, they're, 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 you know, it, it speaks for itself that everybody has to call in and get on love. <laughs> hey, but it bumps me up because when your team lose, Glover called me. You get a hold of Terry? Terry? Oh, you don't have it. My right glove? Yeah, that's right. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, that's Terry Jr. But back to what we were saying, guys, uh, like you say, Terry, you're in that field as well. You're in that. You, you have a math work glove. I mean, can you start Terry and say, do, is there a sign before? You know, and then Glover, like, you you have a math work where it's just ways where they talk to you afterwards that they did think of it. Can you guys both? Well, let's talk about that. Well, it's Terry, and, and it, it just depends. I mean, sometimes there is, and sometimes people just do things just, uh, you know, on the fly, and, and, and they won't let anybody know what's going on. Um, you know, just like you, you, you hear of signs of suicide, people giving stuff away or, um, you know, things like that. It just depends. Obviously, there were some issues. Uh, I don't think this is a one-night thing like Glove related to. Um, there, there obviously had to be something going on at some point in time for this to escalate like that. But, again, sometimes these signs can be subtle. Sometimes, you know, I mean, you you know, you guys both played in the NFL, and you know what a day-to-day uh, life is like within an NFL season. And, I mean, it... it, it it's kind of hard to believe that nobody could see anything going on with this guy, like Love said. So it just depends. I mean, it's it's difficult to say whether somebody's showing you signs, and it might be something that you don't pick up on. So, hey, Glove, uh, question you real quick, Glove. You know, and you said it too, like Terrence said, it, this had to go on. But isn't it like just one fight? You can't say it's one fight. Somebody had to see them fighting before and say, hey. This guy is out of control, you know. Isn't that? I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right, both of you guys. Here's here's my here's my little simple analogy, and and I'm you know explaining. It's like you live in a neighborhood where where a car alarm goes off. You know what I'm saying? The first couple of times it goes off, you're like, oh my god, whose car is that? Then after a few more times, you don't even pay no attention. You know what I'm saying? So things happen a couple of times. And you like, look, you guys either need to split it up or or go get counseling. You follow me? Now, in the, in the situation with me, my guys come out of prison. 
so the, so the signs I get is, hey, they get out on the streets, they can't find a job, things aren't going right with their old lady, so they start using drugs again as an excuse, you know. And so over a period of time, it's like a downward spiral. It's like a downward spiral. Over a period of time, if they, it continues where they don't find a job, it continues where they don't have money, they start reverting back to that old life. Now, if they get a bad a bad dose of heroin or, or whatever, the, the inevitable is the outcome. You know, they, it, it ends up, I get a phone call in the middle of the night, or I go, you know, into one of the facilities to check on somebody, and they've od you know, in the bathroom or in the shower or, or, or something like that, in the bedroom, you know. So, so there's signs, but we overlook signs. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, mm-hmm. those guys weren't friends. Who was his real friend on the Chiefs? You know, that's who they need to talk to. Who's the real friend? You know, did he have any real friends? You know, everybody's so superficial in the league. It's like you're cool, but you're not cool. If I'm not making the same amount of money you're making, we're not cool. You know what I'm saying? So so that's the downside to that, you know. And, and it goes not only in sports, it goes in our job or go. If you're law enforcement like TJ, it goes everywhere. If if you think you're better than somebody or above, then you don't take the time because they're not on your level to get to know them or to want to be around them. You know, everybody's superficial. And and, and that's a good point. And this to you, Terry. You know, I think I, I might talk to Glove when we talking about it, but you know, you're in that position. You got money. You got whatever you need. You know, when you tell yourself to say, "Hey, I can get." You know, I'm not saying, but another girl for you break up. Is, is that not the thinking that they have? Well, I, I mean, love. If you and, and you've been in love, your, your last name is Love. You used to be the love doctor down down at the University of Wyoming, from my understanding. <laughs> and and you know this better than anybody that you know if if you're in a relationship with someone, um, regardless to how much money you have, you want that relationship to work. That's not what you're thinking. You, you, you don't think, well, I'll just get rid of this one and I'll, you know, I'll go find another girlfriend. A lot of times that's not the case. Apparently, I mean, they had a, a baby together. So, you know, they, I'm assuming the relationship was a, a long one at, at some point. At least it was, it was a year long. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't think that's something that, you know, that, that they think about or, or that a person thinks about. Um, if you're trying to get out of a relationship or you're in a, you're in a you're in a bad relationship. I don't think it's you know I don't think people think that it's just that easy. Well, well, you know what? You're you're absolutely right, TJ, and and kind of what you were saying too. But 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 here's my thing, and and I was trying to tell somebody this the other day when we were talking about. It. I said, what was it that she did or was about to do that was so wrong? You know what I'm saying? What is it? Because see, we talk about him. We don't talk about her. Mm-hmm. ESPN and all those things, they talk about him as an athlete. They don't talk about her as a mother, as a woman. Now, here's the crazy part, because that's how society is. This dude is a murderer. He killed somebody. We don't we don't talk about that aspect of it. We just talk about him as an athlete and how tragic and how sorry. And when we say tragic, we're talking more so on his side, not on her side because he was an NFL player. But but this dude was a blatant murderer. He went somewhere, intentionally killed someone, and then went somewhere because now he wanted to get the sympathy 
of his coaches because of what he did. So he leaves the scene of a crime. He drives to the to the to Kansas City's practice field, wherever they were at. He apologized, or he you know thanks the coach and thanks the GM for giving him an opportunity. When the police come, he panics and he kills himself. Everybody's feeling, oh, you know, he told the coach, thank you. He told the GM, thank you. The dude killed somebody before he got there. Yeah. You know, so what was it that she had or that she knew or that she did, like he was saying, his love, you know, and that love doctor to him, I, I'll argue that one because, you know, I could tell you some stories about him. Anyway, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what is it that she knew or did that was so tragic to make that man what was love, you know, hey, I love you so much, I'm going to kill you if I can't have you. You know that old saying. So so that's what I try to figure out from a, from a you know, psychiatrist standpoint. And I think you said it best, love. It just wasn't the answer that she came home late from that concert. That wasn't it. You know what I'm saying? That couldn't have been it. You know, and like you, I'm trying to get like you said, love, what was it that she, you know, something she had done before or something you didn't agree that. And when she came home, that was the end of the, he was over the head. There had to be some way before that that took it to that level where he was at. But, but you know, I want to say one more thing real quick on this is that how we look at him, and, and just like Lover said, we're, we're talking about him. Yeah, he was a murderer. He had the ability to take her life. He's the one with the gun. He's the one that, that did the act. Um, so that's why, you know, all the attention is, is, is on him. But there is two sides to the story. We, we don't know what the situation was. We don't know what she had did to him to make him feel that way. Okay, not that, that that's an excuse. We're not saying that that's an excuse, but there's there's also two sides to the story. And that's why a lot of times I'm hesitant to, you know, to, to, to comment too deeply on a, on a situation when you, when you only know partial stories in, in one side because, you know, being in the profession, there's always two sides to the story. Well, are you about to say something? No, I agree. No, no, no. I, no, I, I was agreeing with, with what TJ, I mean, I agree with what TJ said. No, but my point or what I was going to add to it was this. The baby was three months old. We've all, we all have kids, so we know. A woman goes through carrying, delivery, and then the process to get her body back together. You know what I'm saying? Where, where everything's working right. So if she went out, the baby's three months. She hasn't been going out that many, that many times, or she hasn't been out that much. Right. Because right. she still have an infant, a small child. So, like I said, what was it that she did? It wasn't sexual, because you can't have sex, you know, up until a certain point when all your body come back. I don't know the exact amount. If it's 45 days, 60 days, 90 days, I'm not a woman, and I don't go that much into it. But I'm just saying, you know, it wasn't like... She was out there, you know, on the town. We don't know, you know. That's the that's the question mark. You know, what what was it or what is it? You know, that's that's the question mark in my mind. Is really you're, you're 25, you're driving a Bentley because that's where you shot yourself at. If you look at the news, you're starting linebacker in the NFL, so you got to be making some decent money. You know, what what was it? You know, that's the that's the you know, the question mark for me. What we're going to do is take another break, guys. When we come back, we got a guest um, that's going to call in, and we're going to talk about basketball. I uh, won the championship. He won the championship with the coach. You guys know him. But uh, we're going to hear this part of um, bringing up the young kids and what do they go through to try and make it to this point and 
could that be a factor of all the pressure that they have on them coming up? So we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Glow, how hot is it again out there? Baby, it's uh, 70 degrees in San Diego. A little partly cloudy, but it's 70. Terry, are you ready to go to San Diego? I'm ready. <laughs> we'll be out there. I hope that bag lady's still out there, Glow. <laughs> well, you, well, you know be right up, doctor. <laughs> flagship station for sports voice america sports tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond listen for the comeback radio show with tony farmer a lot of people believe what they read on the internet hear and see in the media and on the news we're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype it's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Hibbert. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard-hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jeff Lovey, hopefully of the sports hall. We got TJ Terry Z. You let Terry Terry home me, so I call him Terry James on Lovin. <laughs> I'm here on me this year. And we got Glove. Glove, you got to turn my hot out there. It's seventy degrees, man. You know, I, I hate to I hate to rub it in at seventy degrees of San Diego in <laughs> December. It's it's tragic. 
Well, guys, we got a guest on the line. We're going to ask him a couple questions about, you know, he is a coach of girls' basketball. That's a different sport. I mean, coaching the women, got to be up and down with that. And plus his daughter is playing for Casper College Basketball Team. I want to welcome him on my show, Rod Tyson. You there, Rod? Yeah, I'm here, man. How's everybody doing? Good, Tyson. How you doing? Doing good, man. All right, right, right. Some of us is out there. I mean, you know, I think you coached eighth grade, right, out there in Laramie. Coach eighth grade and varsity, yeah. But varsity, tell them what you did with those girls. Very good story. <laughs> A very good story. Well, we well, I mean, that coaching won the championship, You do it almost every year, don't you, Rob? Well, we're pretty good every year, but uh, you know, it's hard to win that championship. We were in the championship uh, two years, and we finally won one. Uh, we got a third and a fourth place, but. You know, we finally pulled one out, which was always good. I mean, right. I, we were talking, and we were talking about, you know, the first, your daughter played for Gasper College, right? Yes. Like, you know, sophomore. How's she year. doing down there, right? She's doing well right now. She, you know, she uh, had a lot of injuries in high school, so she's been healthy now, and she's doing real well. There's a couple people that are interested in her after junior college, so that's always a good sign. That is. Well, Rob, we were talking about what went on Kansas City and all that, but you know, you coaching the first coaching um, girls. Um, is it different than when you uh, coaching the guys? I mean, isn't there how you coach them? You got to talk to them a little different, or you know, or approach them. Is it a lot different than coaching guys? Well, I coached boys for uh, nine years, also. Uh, I think the biggest difference for me is that you know the boys, especially nowadays, they think they know, they see something on TV, watch Carmelo Anthony. And they think they can do all those things without putting the work in. And the girls are more like sponges, and they try to, you know, listen to everything you say and then go out and practice real hard and try to accomplish it that way. There you go. Hey, uh, Rod, this is Terry Jackson, and, and I know exactly what you're saying. And I'll tell you what, uh, there's nothing like girls executing a play compared to a boys' basketball game. The girls execute it. When it's executed to a T, it's almost perfect, and it looks really, really good. <laughs> right. It's well thought out. I mean, they do a really good job when they do it, yeah. 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 I agree with so that what, for sure. So what you're saying, Roger, is that you would rather coach the women because they listen more to the guys don't do What you're saying is, let me get right, the guys more showboat and the girls are more fundamental. Well, you know, right now the game is, you can look at the, the pro level, uh, it's about shooting threes and dunking. You know the the middle the mid range game is just gone. You know who's the who's some of the best shooters. You know people who can drive shoot off the dribble. It's not a lot of that anymore. It's a lot of you either shoot the three or you drive in try to dunk it, or, or you have a few people who can pass the ball real well. But it's not that mid range game is 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 disappearing from basketball. Is that glove? Oh yeah, I'm here. Hey Rob, what's up? How you doing? This is Glover in San Diego, man. What's up, bro? <laughs> hey, all right, all right. No, I coach. Uh... I have a daughter. She's only 10, though, but I've coached her for the last four or five years, coached my son. Teenager, and I know what you mean. You know, at a younger age, it's more emotion with the girls. You know, you got to get the whole chatty, you know, giggly, chatty girl out of them. But as they get older, you're right, they, they are more fundamentally sound, you know. And, and like you said, nobody in the NBA pays, plays with their back to the basket anyway. It's all about you know, high-flying, you know, shooting threes. You know, I think the fundamentals, are, for the most part, are out the window. So I agree. And that's the that's probably that's the biggest problem that we have when we play all the uh, we play all the other teams overseas. 
a lot of they work on lots of skills. You know, a lot of them dribble better with both hands than we do. You know, so now we had to go get our pros to go take care of that because we weren't catching up. We weren't keeping up. They were they were out catching us and then passing us. You know, this goes Rod and Glover. You know, I think me and Terry talked about. I've never. I mean, I coach, but I only coach like middle football. I think you coach that too, didn't you, Terry? Yeah, I, I coach middle football and uh, junior high basketball. Well, let me ask you guys this. You could start off Rod and Glover, Terry, whatever. But when you're coaching these kids at that level, isn't that thought of the mentality now? It's like they just focus on got to make it to the NBA or the NWBA or to the NFL. How hard is that? How do kids are necessarily focused on doing that to tell them not everybody's going to make it? You want to start, Rod? Well, as you all know, it's a real small percentage that get to that level. And I just try to tell them that you'll get further with education. You know, you got to, like our girls' team, we study on the bus every trip. We study in the hotel rooms if we have an overnight trip. And the reason for that is our team, we had the highest GPA in the last four years. And all of them, you know, are going to college. And I, I try to preach that to them. You, you know, you're going to get a lot further with your education. Sure, if you have an opportunity, you can go play somewhere. You know, but, you know, it's a small percentage. I don't even know what the percentage is in, in basketball. I think reaching the pros is like 2%. You know, you're 2% of the population. You better get your education right. And even then, you're an injury away from, you know, having to lose your job in the pros, and now you have to find something else to do anyway. Well, I know you coach, and I talked to you every night when you was coaching, talking about the coaches there. And, you know, what are these kids' mentality when you out there? Well, you know, the sad, well, I mean, you know, California, San Diego is different from Wyoming or other places like, you know, we're kind of like a Texas or down South Alabama, Georgia, one of those, where sports is the thing. But the sad part for me is it's the parents. That's where it all starts. Well, it starts with the parents. You know, the parents' expectation is they they watch the games on TV and they see all that money, so they just make the assumption because little Johnny or little whoever, you know, can run fast when he's six or seven, that he's going to run fast when he's 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. And a lot of people start off well in Pop Warner or Pee Wee Sports, and then they kind of fizzle out when they get to high school. It's those that are consistent, getting better every year, fundamentally sound and things like that, that get better in high school and have the, you know, maybe prospect of going to college. You know, the percentage for, for the pros is, is very narrow, but think about the percentage for college. You know, how many kids, and we could all, you know, us four right here, we could talk about all the kids we play Pop Warner with or Pee Wee League with or we play in high school with. Think about it. How many kids on your high school team got a scholarship? And that lets you know how, how small that percentage is of just getting into college. You know, Terry, this question you, then, Rod, you can ask after that and then Glover. But, Terry, we coach you in the football. And Glover hit a, a point that I want you guys to talk about with you, Terry, because I coach him with you. And then, Rod, what you experience with this and then, I know, Glove, you do it all the time, so you had to answer them. But start off, Terry, what is it about these parents, you know, that, that ruin the game? Cause when I coached men's football, Terry, you was out there. The parents ruin the game for me as a coach because I couldn't deal with them. Go ahead, Terry. Well, yeah, and, you know, I coach football at the middle school level as well. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, these kids, when, when you're out there as a coach, and I know, you know, you guys can relate to this, is that you're out there trying to get the team together, you're trying to, uh, uh, you know, 
get the positions down and say, this is where I want you, this is where I want you. And then you've got parents saying, you should just give the ball to my kid. He can, you know, he can get around the end or, or, or set, have somebody set a screen for my kid and he can make that shot. And, you know, parents have to realize that that's not what it's all about. Um, I mean, this is a team game and it's not just one individual. Um, and parents really can, you know, no matter how good your kid is, and granted, there probably are some kids out there that, you know, their parents are saying, give them the ball. <laughs> and, and in some cases, it might be true, but there's more to a sport and, 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 and coaching than just, you know, than just winning. And, and that's where a lot of parents, you know, they kind of get under your skin a little bit because all they want is to win or all they want is their kid to get out there and play. Um, well, your kid has to earn that time. So parents can can really put a damper on things. And Rod, I know uh, you've been you've been coaching high school for quite a while, so I know you've had to deal with some things like that. Oh, I've definitely dealt with that a lot. You know, the biggest thing for me, I have a little theory that you know I look at things like a, uh, I try to say that parents it's a, it's a triangle. You have basketball, say any sport. You know, a coach is going to look at the whole team, say they're the base of the triangle, and then the individual. Parents see that upside down. They see the individual, and then they see the team. Yeah. And, and that creates a lot of problems. And, you know, sometimes I remember uh, I was coaching eighth grade one time. I had to call timeout just to talk to the parents. And I told the parents, you know, listen, at home they listen to you. On the court they listen to me. Otherwise, you know, you can always hear your parents, shoot it, pass it. They're not saying good things like play defense and box out. They're saying right. shoot it. Or, you know, just dribble down, drive to the basket. They're not saying the stuff, you know, pass the ball, set good screens. They're not saying all the stuff that we need, that we're trying to tell them. And you can always see your parents, and that creates lots of problems. Yeah. I mean, I have a question, Ryan. I mean, love, is all right for you? I can ask um, Rod just because it happens to be something you told me. Is that all right, Glove? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No problem. Well, Glove told me that, you know, he coached, you know, he was on the, the, one of the coaches had his son always giving him a spot, right, Glove? Yeah, but you know my thing is, what do you do? I mean, maybe it's not for that. I mean, you dealt with a glover and Rod. That if you're the coach and your kid playing, and you always give him, and he's not good enough, but you give him that right, is that fair or, you know, am I saying that right, glove? Did I say that right? Yeah, you said it pretty. You said it pretty accurate. It's it's like this. We went to it. We went to it. We went to an upper team this year, and the guy, the meeting. He, my my kid's mom was there. I wasn't there. He said, all the positions are open except quarterback, running back, receiver. Those are the other coaches' kids. And so then, you know, my kid's mom came. She's like, well, he said all these positions are open except for these positions. So then when I went and spoke to him, I said, well, you can't say all the positions are open because they're not open. You should say, I have guys in these positions. This is what I'm looking for. So by me saying that, they're like, well, what, is your, what positions does your son play? I said, ask him. And they said, what position do you play? He said, what do you need me to play? You know, he said, my father taught me to play every position on the field. So wherever I'm needed that's going to help the team win, that's where I play. If it's center, if it's guard, if it's tackle, I can play any position. And a lot of people or a lot of parents don't have that that mentality. It's like my son has to be the running back, has to be the quarterback, has to be the receiver. You know, everybody want to glorify their kids as opposed to teaching their kids the basic fundamentals and teaching them about the sport, it's about, oh, just run fast, just catch, just jump. Not the not the little intricate parts that make you a, a solid a solid player. 
That's why I want to go ahead and play that for the ride. Do you get parents to say, my child should be paying God, and I send it over for it? Do you get that? Yeah, I've had that a few times. And I, I sit and talk with them and tell them that, you know, this is what I need, this is what I expect. And if they fit in that spot, then they'll have it, you know. I had a, I had a few I had a group of girls I had some ninth grade girls that in fact these are the girls who just graduated last year and we won the state championship with them when they were in ninth grade I had some, two sophomores and one junior who obviously those three were challenging their spots and I said hey just beat them out and you'll get your shot I had a lot of uh, letters from their parents saying why would you tell the kids they have to be competitive in in practice I'm like well that's life that's everything you're, you're going to be competitive and if they work hard they'll make those ninth graders even better. So what ended up happening, uh, those girls ahead of them end up quitting. So they just basically gave those spots over to them. You know, that's up to you. So a lot of that's at home. I, I Just like you said, Glove, I believe that a lot of the problems, you know, in this generation, it's all about what can you do for me now. It's not You don't have to earn it anymore. You know, we all grew up and had coaches. You had to earn everything. You said, yes, sir, no, sir, and you didn't talk back to your coaches. You did what you were supposed to do. And a lot of that starts at home. You don't have that as much anymore. And the thing about it is, a lot of that's gone by the wayside. I thought I'd cut you off there, but kind of got me want to get this out. But you can help me with this, Terry. And this was just for Rod and, um, and Glover. You know, I know y'all coach that, and I always talk to Glover. But, Terry, help me out. What if you get the coach that's not teaching your kids anything? Am I right, Terry? I'm sorry, say that again. Well, if you got a coach that ain't teaching your kid anything, you know, this not, you know what I mean, Terry? <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's, and I, you know, it's, it's really difficult because these kids come in uh, to high school and they haven't worked. They haven't done anything to prepare for what they're going to deal with. It's no different than any job. What have you done to prepare for this job or, or this interview? And these kids, it just doesn't seem like they work hard enough on their fundamentals, the simple things. You know, it goes back to what Tice was saying about the Michael Jordan thing, the Carmelo Anthony. These kids go to the rec center and they do all of this other these these moves and they're high flying dunks and stuff like that, but they can't dribble and, and, and jump stop and, and, and pass the ball. Um you know, it, it doesn't make it very easy for our coaches to coach these kinds of kids, which, you know, there you go. Hey, my kid should be doing this because my kid can shoot. Well, yeah, your kid might can shoot, but your kid can't dribble and pass and jump stop either. You know? So what do you guys do about that, um, Rod and Glover? Hey, this is Glover. You know what's funny? You, you said that. You asked that question, love. That's the reason I started coaching, because I would go out and watch, you know, guys who consider themselves coaches. Or, or more so just parents trying to better their child, you know, not the whole team, you know. That's why I started coaching, because kids weren't being taught. Nobody was coaching. I said, see, people use the name coach, but they don't follow up by coaching. It's like dad, you know. Whenever you're on the on the court or on the football field or at the baseball diamond and your son says, hey, dad, you should get off the field at that point right there because you're not a coach. You know, my son knows once we get in the car going to practice, I'm coach. When the kids see me walking in the street at the store, hey, coach. You know, their little brothers and sisters say, hey, coach. You know, they don't say that's Langston's dad. They say, that's Coach Eric right there. You know, so that's why I started coaching, because the kids weren't being taught. Right. Well, I had similar experience. You know, I was watching um, 
my daughter, she was in seventh grade at the time, my oldest daughter, who's 22. And, you know, they were playing basketball, and they're getting just beat horribly. And the coach is just yelling and screaming and ranting and raving. And he wasn't showing them anything or telling them anything they should do to try to stop the problems they were having. And I still wasn't going to coach because, you know, you're coaching your kids. Sometimes that could be a double-edged sword. So, But they came to me and asked if I would coach after that. So I started coaching them. And they were we, the first two weeks, we didn't even do basketball. You know, we just worked on skill, just jump stopping. Because they were so bad, they couldn't even do that. You know, and then their conditioning was bad. And, you know, with girls, their upper body strength is really bad. So we were doing push-ups. You know, they thought I was crazy. You know, but that same seventh grade group, by the time they were ninth graders, they went undefeated. You know, it's all about skills. Not that our team was so much better than them or I was such a great coach. It's just that I recognized that they didn't have all the skills that they needed to be successful. And why are you going to work, to put all that work in if you're not going to teach them things so they could be successful as well as, uh, you know, sports as well as life? you got to be prepared, like Terry was saying, you know, you have to prepare yourself for every situation, whether you're in that situation or not. You have to prepare. I have a question to um, Terry and um, Rod. This is coming from you, Glow. I'm using your example today. All right, Glow? Sure, and, I don't have a problem with that. Is it help me? Because I, I already talked to Glow. He already cracked me up with something he did. But I think this week you tell me, Glow, um, give me right. I think it was you. That one of your players that um, he came, he didn't practice all week. His mom didn't. He tried to come for game day, remember? Yep. Uh, yeah, and um, Glove didn't play him, you know, and, and I agree with Glove on that. Do you guys agree with what Glove did? Well, what was the story, Glove? He came, he didn't come uh, to practice. He didn't, he didn't come the first day to practice. He came late the second day, and then the third day he just, well, and the last two days he didn't have his equipment on. But his mom said on the third day, oh, he'll be fine, you know, for, for the game tomorrow. You know, he's just like this today with his shirt. Come game time, he'll be ready to play tomorrow. I told her, you can keep him at home because it's not fair. All the other guys have been practicing, and he had not practiced. So I'm not going to play him. So now my question to you guys, Terry and Ron, what Love did, okay, what if he was your star player? And he wasn't a star player, but what if he was your star player? Would you play him? And would you play him if he wasn't your star player? That's to you, Terry, then you, Ron. Okay, well, this is Terry, and I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you a short story because it's, that thing happened to me. I was coaching my son in his what, sixth grade basketball team, and he refused to listen to me. He, he refused. He, he's a superstar, and he could, you know, make all the shots. And it was it was a one on five. Um, he sat, and in fact, I made him come and sit with the team, but he did not play the last two or three games because he just refused to listen. And, and you can't coach that way. Everybody has to be there, put in work, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't condition hard, um, and things like that. And I told him, I said, "Look, you, you need to sit down." I said, "Because I would much rather have these play these five to eight guys who have a lot less talent than you, but they work harder than you. And if you're going to play, you need to work just as hard as everybody else on this team." So. Whether you're sick or whether you, you know, you missed because you went hunting or you went on a family vacation, that's no excuse because you've got people there and other kids there putting in time and putting in work, okay, and they deserve to be able to play. Right, right. 
Well, you know, I'm old school, so if you if you ain't showing up for practice, you definitely ain't playing. You know, I had a kid uh, named Marquise Pugh who was in Alabama. And before I took the job, everybody said, oh, Marquise Pugh, Marquise Pugh, he's the best thing. And he could play. Ain't no doubt about it. He could play basketball, jump out the gym, left-handed kid. And uh, he didn't show up for a whole week. And he he showed up at game day getting on the bus. We're going to go play another team with his uniform. He's like, oh, I'm ready to play. I'm like, no, sorry, you just stay home with your parents. And, you know, we left and lost and lost the game. And everybody's like, how could you do that? I'm like, well, it's not fair to everyone else. You know, we're running and, and doing all these drills, and he just show up for game. That's not going to happen. Then I found out that's what he did the two years prior to me getting there. You know, I just don't do things that way. And, and basically the coach set him up for that by allowing him to do it at an early age. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been doing that. Absolutely. And you've got to, you've got to teach these kids. You know, life doesn't just start at, at, at practice. It just, it just doesn't just stop at practice. Um, and, and that's what I think a lot of people forget is that you learn a lot more by being on a team about life in general, or at least you should, if a coach is doing his job, um, than anybody else. Because, you know, you you got to work hard. It, it shows uh, dedication. It shows camaraderie. It shows, uh, as love would say, teammanship. <laughs> you know? And uh, it, it's there's just nothing like being a part of, of a team. Well, what we gonna do? We gotta, um, we gotta get off. We only got one minute. But I want to thank Rob. But next week, um, actually, you call back Rob because I'm looking at my email. We got several emails. There's one for you, Glover. I, I can't wait next week to read to you. About <laughs> <laughs> right. somebody from San Diego. <laughs> so what we gonna do next week? I got, I got questions for you, Rob. Too, you call back. Terry you got questions. So we gonna, we gonna do a question next week. Get these out of my email. All next next week's show we'll do questions. So, all right, all right. Good. Answer the question that was emailed to me. So it's about show. and Glover. Uh, one on right now. I'm gonna tell you go. Is it really that hot in uh, San Diego? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> tell tell your listener or tell the person to email the uh, Google uh, weather in San Diego today, and you'll see it's 70 degrees. <laughs> I did. I'm laughing at it. Is he serious? Is that, hey, you got a liar. <laughs> well, I can tell you what, in Wyoming right now, it's unseasonably warm, but it's still cold. <laughs> hey, right. In Wyoming, it could be freezing like snowing, so you already know that, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But we got something for you to ride to, you know, so, and tell you, you know, I got you, you know, so that's what we're going to do next week. We're going to get the emails on one thing after that question next show. So thank right, you guys for being on this week. And, uh, hey, like you say, Another show, another another Bud Light, right, Terry? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. All right, hey, good talking right. to you guys. Hey, see you guys. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 